Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm just really excited about um, this chance to talk to you. And I know all of you have, you become mothers one way or another. It's through relationship. And some of the times the relationships are blessed and, and um, you know, you're all prepared and ready. You've spent, like little girls, you know how they just love to play with dolls and, and they mother and they practice all the, the dreaming and becoming a mother and making, keeping house and, and dressing and undressing and undressing. My granddaughters, they come and undress every doll in the house and don't always redress them, but it just, um, just that's wired in them, and God is helping them practice and prepare, and it's in their heart, and, and um, they look forward to the day they're married. And, um, you know, so there are some that, that, that got, um, got into marriage before, maybe got into being a mother before they were ready. There's, there's um, whether just slipping up or... Um, Somehow, you know, you, you end up becoming a mom before you quite feel prepared or ready, and it can be overwhelming. And um, rape is one of the things that some people use as an excuse for abortion. And, and um, there's forgiveness for every wrong choice that every single one of us have made in every area of your, idea, uh, of your life. But I just want to say that we need to realize that... Um, a baby, no matter what the circumstances, gets its life from God because God is faithful. He'll take what somebody meant for evil um, and turn it around for good. So a baby that, that is, comes in, into existence after a rape, um, we need to know and recognize that in God's eyes, this baby has a purpose has a plan, is, is so valuable, so important. God does take something that the enemy meant to bring destruction to lives, and he turns it around for good. And I just think of how many devil-stomping people were, are a result of a rape, and now they're just wrecking havoc on Satan's kingdom. And how, how wonderful that is. The Bible is true. It says children are a reward and a gift from the Lord. They are from the Lord, and um, so you can honor and appreciate and value um, these, these babies. Now, I'm going to tell you right off that I have some points. And I'm going to give you the points in case I never get back to them. And, and that is um, uh, uh, to instill the fear of God, to encourage mothers to instill the fear of God and um, the power of inclination and to inspire Christ-like attitudes and to influence with character. And just when it comes to the fear of God and instilling the fear of God, um, we, the Bible says that it's taught. We, we teach the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the reverent, worshipful attitude that regards the Lord God as truly awesome. It's, it's choosing this. In, um, it's the beginning, it says in Proverbs 9.10, it's the beginning, the foundation of wisdom, understanding, and good insight, Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord leads away from evil. And, um, you know, it's, so in other words, these are attitude of the heart 
that's going to affect the choices that we make. And as moms, we're wanting to influence the choices that our kids make. That's a constant desire to, to teach and train and, and influence. And, and so this is, um, this is what we're wired to do and to recognize that, wow, just this attitude leads. Uh, the fear of the Lord causes us to turn away from evil. So this attitude, this, this um, toward God of having the reverent, worshipful perspective of him and regarding him as, as awesome and loving him, um, it, this is part of teaching and putting in them the fear of the Lord. Here in Proverbs 15, 33, it says, the fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Um, and Proverbs 1, or excuse me, Psalm 115, verse 13, it says, it leads to blessing. Even our littles, this attitude, it leads to blessing. This doesn't mean that they have to wait until they're grown up to experience the fear of God, to experience the blessing of God. But even while they're, they're young and little, what a powerful effect on their lives when we instill in them the awe of God, the love of God, the enjoying of God's presence. Of Like you all are coming to church and and gathering together and getting to be a part of church and serving and loving God um, with one another, that's giving your children a taste to see that, that God is good. Um, the fear of God is taught and caught, Psalm 34, 11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of God. Um, you know, we teach these things. We instill it. We, we put it in it. We, we love the fear of God. We love the word of God. We live it. We, we love it. We walk in it. And... Um, for, for whether they catch it or not, I mean, that's, you know, a fountain just keeps going. And when we keep ourselves full, mother, we always will live out of what's in our heart. And so um, as a mother, out of our heart, we overflow, we splash, we constantly, whether you realize it or not, um, you know, it really bugged me. It's annoying that this is true, but it's just true. It's like gravity. And I remember one time thinking, why is, uh, I think it was Samuel, but one of my kids was just being so negative, so negative. And then God let me hear how I had been talking, how I had been feeling. I don't even know whether I was saying it, but I was feeling really negative about this and negative about that and negative about the other. And then I saw him being negative and I thought, oh my goodness, he's just reflecting my attitude. And I had to do an attitude correction and, and get that out of my heart. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, it talks about as workers together with him, we, uh, we don't receive the grace of God in vain. We give no offense in anything so that our ministry will not be discredited. And as a mom, as a parent, I think um, we don't want to receive the grace of God in vain. But when we leave, when we let the grace of God affect change in us, it affects change in our kids. And when we don't let the grace of God affect the change in us, then we give offense when we minister. And, you know, when I was not letting the grace of God affect a positive change in me and my attitude, um, it was passing on a lack of grace to my son uh, or my, my children in that moment. Okay, before I forget to do this and I get, I might actually get a few points out, I want to um, share some advice, which Dwayne, well, I don't need to say exactly Dwayne. I won't put his name on it. Some 
very wise preachers. I have heard say this, and um, that advice not asked for is seldom received. And I thought, well, what mother gives advice that's asked for? I mean, that's, that's our role in life is to give advice and counsel and instruction when people aren't, our kids aren't asking for it. Not very many husbands come up and say, I want advice, honey. Give me advice, honey. Our little kids aren't born coming out of the womb going, what do you advise me, mother? They don't ask for advice. Um, I remember being so shocked at, man, they come out with opinions. They're just born with ideas and opinions and wills. And, and um, you know, you're supposed to, every parent is supposed to have at least one strong-willed child. I had four of them. Um, so anyway, now I'm going to give some advice for the young moms. And actually, I was at um, Rebecca's, uh, not a bridal shower, baby shower, um, baby shower, and couldn't think fast enough to put it all together for the little advice that each mom was supposed to share. But here's my advice to young moms. Early to bed, early to rise, keep yourself healthy and be wise. No matter what, give thanks a lot for each child and the good husband you've got. Make lots of time to kiss and hug. Don't let the kids slander, yell, or slug. You're their mom. They need your help, though at times they might complain and yelp. Teach each child to do their chores, put away dishes, mop the floors, how to forgive and pray for others, be kind and thoughtful to their brothers. Be patient as you teach and train. Otherwise, they will drive you insane. Look on the bright side, wink and sigh. Don't let the messes make you cry. Feed on God's word. Make time to pray. He is your helper you'll need each day to serve and live in this great call of being mother, wife, and all that God has impressed on your heart and planned for you right from the start. God has the way for you that's best. Run to him for your needed rest. There's strength for all who love his word. To run from that would be absurd. His word is where you'll find great peace, wisdom, direction, and increase of all you need to mother well and lead each child away from hell. So lead them well by the choices you make. You'll never regret the time that it takes. So there you got some advice. Um, and one of the things, you know, we talk about um, the, the praying and giving them the word and and getting in the word for them and, and praying. And one of the things that I, I pray, um, and anyway, is, is that our children would have God-pleasing priorities, that they would be lovers of God and others, that they would be humble, obedient, thankful, holy, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, self-controlled, speakers of truth and grace, desiring good, faithful, loyal, meek, empowered by godliness, always pursuing what pleases God, I mean, you know, just awesome. We pray all these things. And as we, I was going through this list and praying for the, the grandkids and things, um, praying to be kind and thoughtful, we saw this video of a little sister that obviously she had been taught to be kind and thoughtful. So I wanted to show you this video.
is just too much. I, I have seen this I don't know how many times, and I just like, whoa. I can't. Um, so this is one reason we have to pray is for protection and blessing. The Bible says if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. That's one of the blessings and promises of God. We just believe that for our kids. <laughs> um, and which reminds me of when they were singing that powerful song, um, the Lord bless you, the, the blessing song, the Lord bless you and keep you. I was just so stirred up to uh, remember this time that I was seeking God for understanding. You know, it says, I will bless the Lord um, all day long at all times. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I thought, I wonder what I'm doing. Um, I mean, I know how I want God to bless me. I mean, I just, we think of, you know, our needs met and warm fuzzies and hugs and happiness and just all the gifts that God gives us. But how do I bless the Lord? And so I was seeking what that meant and the uh, uncovering the word and it, the word bless, one of the meanings was to choose a position that benefits the other. So I can choose a position that benefits God and like my attitude, my thoughts and just that was pretty exciting that 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 my choices make uh, um, the positions I care that blesses God and then um, I was reading this numbers and seeing that the Lord told His priest to speak to the people this blessing the Lord bless you and keep you and then I thought that's cool the Lord positioned Himself to benefit you. That's a cool thing to speak. And then I had an old dictionary, and I thought, I just wonder what it says in the dictionary. And I looked up bless, and, and one of the meanings in that said, originally, bless meant to consecrate with blood. I go, whoa. So here God had his priest speak over his people. This is like a parent speaking over, having spoken over his children that the Lord bless you. The Lord choose a position to benefit you by consecrating you with his blood. So now when you bless your children, you can know that you're not just flippantly giving them warm fuzzies, but that you are, you are being in agreement with what God wants to do in them, that he sent his son to pour out his blood for them to be able to have them receive that position of being right with God. I mean, I think that's just, it's powerful to bless, use your words and bless people. You're in the cashier. You don't even know if that cashier knows God or not, but she sneezes and you say, God bless you. You don't say, pull your mask up. You say, God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. That's more power. Cover you with blood. Consecrate you with blood. The Lord bless you. We're imparting life and bless. Oh my goodness. That's a whole sermon, Dwayne, I think. <laughs> Okay, that, that, that is just amazing. But that's part of the speaking and the blessing. And then I want to encourage you um, as you pray that and I, I have put, I did 20. I wasn't particularly a certain number. I just couldn't stop. But um, I'm always finding in the word of God uh, things to pray. Um, 
wow, this is God's will, and God told us to pray that his will in heaven would be done in our lives. And it's so effective to pray what God wants for your family. Don't quit praying. If your kids are in a bad situation, they've grown up, I don't know what what all the situation is, do not quit praying God's will to be done in their life. Press in. It says the violent, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. They don't quit. They press in. They go past every obstacle and thing, and they're going to grab what God wants and say, God, I'm, I'm doing all the part that I can to pull these things into our family and have your will be done in my kids. And um, you make a difference. It's a powerful, a powerful thing. Well, sometimes we don't do what we ought or pray what we ought to because we don't have the great big whole list or we think we've got to do it for an hour or we have to say so much. And we don't do the little bit that we can do because we want think we ought to do a lot. And so I just think if you will purpose and even write down, and I'll share these in my uh, newsletter, the 20, like for 20 days, and you can continue and make your own. If you just take one of these and pray it at the table, bless it, speak it over them, pray it in the car on the way to school, just put it out there, maybe put them on cards so each day you, you can pray one. You can be speaking these words over your kids daily. You don't have to go through all 20. Now that Dwayne and I are kind of alone, we'll just pray pages and pages of scriptures. <laughs> kind of have to put the brakes on and get on with our day, but, but we, we, we make big, long declarations. But I know you can't do that with one or two, but you can do a verse. For example, you can be praying for breakfast, saying, God, and we thank you, Lord, that... that um, Our kids will live lives worthy of you and please you in every good way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God and strengthened with all power according to your glorious might. That's from Colossians 1.10. And then um, from, say, Ephesians 6.10. We pray that um, each of these children will be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We pray that they would put on the full armor of God, that they'll take their stand against every one of the devil's schemes. Um, It's just so awesome. Today, Lord, we pray that we would all accept your grace and your offer of salvation, that we would receive your wisdom and grace to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. I just feel like I'm exercising muscles and and there's just things that take place as we agree. This is God. God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you will strengthen each one of these children. You will strengthen dad and I with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in each of our hearts today through faith that each one of our children will be rooted and established in love and have the power to grasp how long and wide and high and deep your love is and know this steadfast love that surpasses knowledge that they'll be filled up with the fullness of God. Amen. I, it just, so anyway, there's 20 of those that, you know, just to, to do it, to say it. And if they're not listening and they're not there, do it anyway, um, you know, and put these on, some that jump out to you that really fit, you can put them on a card, put them on the mirror, put them on, and it is true. I like putting the word, the scriptures um, on the wall, on the mirrors, because then it's, it comes, you don't have to preach it, teach it, shove it down their throats. You just kind of make it available. And there it is. 
And every which way they look, well, there it is. It's on the doorposts. Well, there it is, you know. It's, it's like something that you keep in front of them. You, you use it to straighten out your path, to straighten up your attitude. Um, there's times when the, the kids might, you might snap and do something, and they'll say, you know, isn't there a verse that says, um, let your speech be kind? You know, they will use the verses that you put on the wall to... Um, correct you. We know. And um, so, and I remember Stephanie, just five years old, just she'd been learning to read. She's so excited. And, and she, she had memorized like five different scriptures that were stuck around the refrigerator and in the bathroom on the mirrors and, and around. She had memorized every single one of them. Um, she, and so, you know, it's just different ways of where we get it into their heart where, um, you, you know, we just don't say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and he loves you. And, and now then I'm going to yell at you and ask like, act like a heathen in front of you. But I mean, we know we're putting it before him. We're living it before him. We're walking before him and, and putting it in there, in them. And, um, she did the word of God. Uh, the kids, yeah, we just keep instilling the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. And as parents, if we don't equip them with the word, what are you doing being disappointed and upset that they're not walking and living according to the word? Um, they need the tools just like we did. And I know in my life, I watched I watched, I saw the word have value and be important in the lives of my mom and dad. I saw them uh, seek it with all their heart, and, and it made a difference in, in, in my life. I remember my mom and my dad and Grandma Daisy uh, that it instilled, that's one of my points, it instilled in me the hunger for his word. And that sixth grader, as a sixth grader, I found the truths that I didn't even hear in my sleepy church. I remember seeing in there that the Holy Spirit was something we could ask for. And I wasn't, I didn't understand that it was something that I maybe shouldn't ask for. So I asked for it. And the Holy Spirit just filled me. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. The word came alive. The word that I, it was just amazing. And it changed my life. And then I saw where um, we could pray for healing. They had never taught me that at my church. But my friends and I, we saw it and said, well, let's pray. My Aunt Mildred had been had lupus since she was 15 years old, and she was having a bad bout of that, and she was out of school. And so we, we, we got together, and we, um, we said, well, let's, let's pray for her. It says we can pray for pe- healing. So these sixth-grade girls bowed our head and covered our eyes, and we prayed and asked God to heal Aunt Mildred. And God's presence filled the house, like this light. And it was like, something's there. I can feel it. And we're all peeking like this. We look out and we're all like, oh, oh, God came. It filled the room and, and his presence. It was awesome. And um, that was 53 years ago. And like uh, within a week, Aunt Meldred was healed. And she is now 98 years old and uh, uh, still doing toe touches. <laughs> and, and whatever else. She's just amazing. And to think that, you know, yeah, that, that God is, he's faithful. He wants, you don't have to wait until you're grown up 
to have the word work in you. And our children don't have to wait till they're grown up. And now I gotta share um, in praying and helping your kids realize God is alive and God answers their prayer. Um, in 2018, I had these three daughters, granddaughters over, and Jasmine, Molly, and Avery. And we um, went inside the store to run some errands. And the, um, it was Molly's birthday, and I'd given her this little gold locket, and she's swinging the locket around and teasing the others. And finally, she put it in her pocket so she wouldn't lose it. But when she got to the back of it, her eyes got big. She reached in her pocket, and it was gone. And so um, we searched, and we get to the front and we, of the store where the cashier was and, and left our name and number. We couldn't find it anywhere. And we did that kind of, have any of you kind of frantic prayed? Ah, help me, help me, help me. Oh, I lost this, help me. Oh, Lord. And, 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 and then you resign yourself to, well, it's lost. So as we're going out to the truck, I felt a real quickening in my heart that God wanted to show himself strong and reveal his faithfulness to these girls. So I asked them, I said, do you really want God's help to find the, this um, pocketbook? And they exclaimed, yes. Very often, your kids will have more faith than you do. And they, um, so I said, well, then we should pray specifically and then believe and thank him for the answer. So we, we asked and thanked God for um, sending the angels to find wherever that pocketbook is and put it in a place where we could um, see it, retrieve it. And if somebody else had picked it up and already taken it home, then that God would just convict them and bring it back, that they'll bring it to the store so that they can call us about it. So that was Thursday night. Then on next Monday morning, um, I asked my prayer partners as we're walking early in the morning if they would pray and agree with me that that um, pocketbook, that um, that would, pocketbook would come back and uh, that the girls would get to experience the goodness and faithfulness of God and see how he answers their prayers. So after prayer, I drove my pickup truck to Samuel's home to pick up, and here's a picture of the truck, I hope they'll show, um, to do some work at the, we were renovating up north and Samuel was working. So here's the beautiful pickup truck that, that uh, was my husband's pride and joy. And um, so I, I went and we, we opened the back door and I'm packing in uh, the boards that he had cut and stuff that, to haul up. And um, I, I left the side door open and I went inside the house to see what else he had to put out there. And he was not ready to go yet and didn't have anything. So I thought, you know, I should go shut that door and not leave it open. So I went out to shut the door and there, lying in the doorway of the truck, right where I had been a few minutes before, lay the gold pocketbook, the answer to my prayers. You see it right there in the doorway on the step. Um, it wasn't there when I was putting the boards in and there it was, It just like where the angel dropped it. Or I thought it would even be more of a miracle if, if God directed a person that had found it in the store to the exact right house, to the exact truck, at the exact time. I kind of like, imagine it was an angel, but maybe someone is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit they would do that, I don't know. But um, anyway, and I took a picture of it. I'm so glad I did so that I could show the granddaughters and, and we could see it and we could remember. And just this week, um, I had pulled out this story in the pictures and Josh's kids, which included Jasmine, 
who's now like almost, she's 16, 15, going on 16. And so I, I said, remember this? And she said, oh yeah, I remember. Cause she was in the store swinging that thing and, and hitting at us. And so she remembered about that and too. And to rejoice and, and not forget the works of the Lord. Um, in Psalm 77, verse 11 on it says, I remember, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember your wonders. I will meditate on your works. I will talk of your deeds. What God is so great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. And then in Judges 2, 7, it says, um, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done. And then in verse 10, it says, then another generation arose which, who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done. And then they started doing evil. They served the Baals. They forsook the Lord their God and could no longer stand before their enemies and were greatly distressed. Well, how many want that for your children or even for your children's children, any of your descendants? We don't, we don't want them to stray, to wander, to lose the, the treasures of the word of God, the love of God, the works of God. And so we need to remember and recount, yeah, the word and, and, and all of these things, and then how we've experienced it and our stories and the miracles in our lives and the deliverances and, and um, just the goodness of God in our lives and to keep on passing that on to our children and passing that on to our children. And um, then, before we quit, I wanted to also encourage, um, if I can find, ordering my notes is not my strong suit. The more I look at my notes, the more con, the more whatever it gets, convoluted, is that the word? Um, anyway, so I wanted to let you know that I really understand how it can be to get so overwhelmed um, and just the pressures on moms and encourage you. So here I pulled out of my journal at one point. Um, I had my mom visiting, and, and I was watching Tim and Steph's kids for six days while they traveled, and then I was watching Jasha and Emily's kids um, when they were littler, and then the, um, that was Monday and Tuesday. I watched Becca and Samuel's kids, and I love all our grandkids, and, but it's just like all the, my to-do list and all the things that I wanted to do, everything was getting delayed by trips, and then I broke my right foot, and then my hurt, my left foot ankle hurt, and then my steps and it hurt, and everything was throbbing, and it made every chore a pain, and that robbed me of motivation and desire to do the things I needed to do, and with all the excuses and reasons and interruptions and distractions and opportunities for the more important things, like people and visitors, and I just kept digging myself deeper, and I was just feeling like there was no way, and for you that actually experience physical pain, it speaks really loud, and it tells you, quit, whether, whatever it is. It, 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 the devil tries to use pain to make you give up and to quit, and um, Christ bore our pain for us, and um, we need to press in for one another and lift one another up and give a break. But anyway, I'm just, this was a time when I just had a lot of pain and I was, it was just the discouragement and getting overwhelmed. And so I wrote in my journal to the word, you know, I wrote down all the things that were frustrating. <clears throat> and then I said, to the word I go. And I opened up to Ephesians 1. And I love doing this with the word of God where 
you, you start going through. I went through the chapter and I started seeing me. I started seeing it apply. And this is what I prayed. And, and I will pray for you too. I bring to you, Father God, all my doings, all my decisions, all my desires. I place you on the throne of my life each day. I submit to your promise to work out everything in conformity with the purpose of your will in order that I might be for the praise of your glory. All the grace, peace, strength, and joy, wisdom, and discernment I need to serve you. You, my loving, health, faithful Father and Lord, you provide it. You have blessed me. Yes, it is done in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yes, God, you bless every mother. You bless every father. You bless us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Thank you for choosing us in Christ to be adopted as your children, to be holy and blameless in your sight, to be a joy and a delight to you, our heavenly Father. Thank you for your glorious grace, which you freely give us in Christ. In him, we have redemption, forgiveness, and purpose. In him, your promises are made sure. I have these promises and this promised inheritance through the deposit of your Holy Spirit. In Christ, you mark me with a seal by your Holy Spirit. And that mark is on me, the light, the joy, the love, the salt, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. These mark me. And in Christ, I have the riches of your grace lavished on me with wisdom and understanding and the revelation to enable me to know you better. Lord, I am your child. I didn't choose me. You chose myself. I mean, I didn't choose myself. You chose me. I daily submit to Christ. In Him, my destiny is to be a part of His plan and all that concerns me. His adopted child will work out to conform to His purpose and will. I want to know the hope to which you've called me and are calling me today and every day. I want to know and walk in the rich provisions of your glorious inheritance in me. There is no place for shame, no place for condemnation, no place for disgust, despair, discouragement, fear, or dread. I want to know the powerful working of your mighty strength in me as I am in Christ. And that's my prayer for all you mothers too. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.